You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. Hey everyone, happy Sunday to you all. Welcome to the Helix Hour. We are live and I'm joined, actually this is episode 14. We've only got two more episodes left of the season. I can't believe it. I've got Paul Shedden here from Mission Engineering. Paul, how are you? I'm very good. Yourself? Doing very, very well. Very good. Uh, very happy to have you. We've been talking about doing this for a while. Very uh, excited to have you on here. And I'm getting to learn a little bit more about your company, which is really, really cool. Some of the products that you manufacture. And and I'm kind of spoiled. I learned about it through friends who are using the product right now because I haven't used any of your products. But Jason Sedites, who we'll talk about throughout the program here, you're good friends with him. Mutual friend of mm-hmm. mine here. And he's done some wonderful things uh, using your products. Yeah, so, he has. Yeah. yeah, so we'll talk about that. But uh, it's nice to discover something new um, here in, on a show where we're always talking about modelers. Uh, Helix, obviously, of course. Um, but your products will work with a lot of different brands. And uh, it's going to be really fun and exciting. I think I'm learning. And the, some of the fans here that are watching are going to learn a little bit about the company as well, too. So I, I look forward to this. Cool. Well, thank you for having me. Appreciate it's, it. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. We've got a bunch of people, including Jason today, is jumping in the chat. We'll say hi very quickly here. Uh, we've got Kurt Pear. What's up, guys? Brent Bowen. Hello. Mike Francis is here. Kurt Pear. Hi, Paul and Eric. Jason Sedites, as I mentioned. Hey there, Eric and Paul. Randy Jones finally made one live. Nice to have you. Thank you. Uh, Frank Rashad. Do you know that guy? He's, he seems to creep this page a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I tried, we, we, we tried restraining orders, etc. right? None of it works. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the peace bonds don't work. Love to have you, Frank. <laughs> uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Randy. Okay, Randy. Uh, my, uh, Tim Bowen is here saying, hey, everyone, love the show. Nocturnal Butterfly is running the chat. Uh, very efficiently, as always, Robert Apples here. Greetings, Eric and Paul, Mark Taylor. Hello, all. Carl Santon, happy Sunday, everyone working in the garden, but listening uh, in my pocket. He's got the... Uh, Lucky him. Uh, yeah, that's good. Awesome. So listen, we're going to start off just kind of getting a bit of a feel uh, about the company itself. Um, when did yeah. Mission start? And can you kind of tell us like what spawned this uh, this vision of yours? Um, yeah, it's funny. I rolled my eyes earlier on when you said that our gear works with with a lot of things out there. Um, it's, it's probably our biggest headache. There are so many different um, effects, pedals, modelers that all require different potentiometers, different wiring, different. That we that's actually one of our biggest headaches. It'd be great to have just one pedal that works with everything and then sure. make our lives a lot simpler. But. Um, Vision-wise, in fairness, it, it was more my business partner, James's. He started it uh, back in about 2008, I believe. Okay. He was in a, a worship band in, in Austin, Texas, and the lead guitarist was complaining about the, uh, I won't mention the brand, but another expression pedal that just wasn't performing. It was slipping about on stage. And, and James being typical James, um, give you an idea of his background, 30-odd years in Silicon Valley. Um, he was on the team that originally developed uh, voice recognition. And we talked to a, a phone or a computer, it understands you. He's to blame for that. He was on that, <laughs> he was on that team that developed all that stuff. So he just said in typical James style, hey, I, I'll, I'll build you one. Uh, quite a few months later, having tried out all different kinds of components and chassis, and he went, there you go. And uh, JR was the, 
the lead guitarist in the in the worship band tried it went wow this thing's amazing and he started saying some nice things online about it and then only in america right people started saying hey build me one and he started building his garage after work um and that was when we were using off-the-shelf parts of course all those years ago mm-hmm. and it grew and it grew and it got to the point where he had to take on some local college kids to build after college and sure. and then that wasn't big enough and then they moved into their first financial uh, uh, proper uh, building facility um, and we're now in our third um, uh, factory for one of a better description as we've grown and grown and grown and uh, long story short I was asked by James back in I believe it was 2009 to go to this little convention called NAM, and I had no idea what the hell NAM even was and right. he explained it to me having been you know in sales my whole life I'm 56 and I started when I was 17 so a long time he said hey can you come and help me get my my company off the ground grow even further and I said yeah sure so I jumped on a plane uh, went to NAM just to help a friend out and uh, all these years later, of course, here I am. Uh, when he needed more help running the company, when it got to a certain size, he said, hey, come come help me run the company. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. And that's kind of where we are. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing what can yeah. happen once you go to NAM too, just you know, kind of bumping elbows with some people and accidental discoveries. Hey, what's what's this that you're doing? And uh, word spreads quickly. But th- what a great story and, and a very short t- kind of time frame. Well, I mean, that's, for me, one of the, seeing this is Helix related, Mm -hmm. it leads quite nicely into how we um, uh, got working with Line 6. So this was back in 2009, and back then, to see Line 6, you had to have an appointment. You couldn't just walk up to their booth like you can now, or into these really (laughs) amazing rooms that these guys have with all the gear online and people playing it. It was uh, much more kind of insular, you had to have an appointment. So... um, I had to actually blag my way in. I'm not sure blag's a term, the U.S. term, but you kind of convince people to let you in even though you don't have an appointment. Three times before we finally got in and spoke to the right people, we said, yeah, do you know what we're interested in is come see us after NAM." So we went to see them, and then that's where the whole Line 6 mission thing um, started. And actually on that subject, because this hopefully will be interesting to to the viewers, um, do you know how Line 6 got their name? It was mentioned on it was mentioned on the show before, and I'm not I, I'm never one to retell uh, the story. So you please go ahead and say it. Well, so of course we're at Line Six back in 2009, and um, I, I was curious why Line Six, and this is what I was told. Now I have no reason to doubt it. It sounds absolutely plausible. <laughs> so back in the day, Line Six didn't make their own gear, but they were working on their own gear. They were doing OEM. They were building stuff for other companies. So they didn't want these other companies to know they were building stuff that might compete, and they were worried that if they found out, they might lose their contracts. So if anyone visited Line 6 that was not aware of what was going on and they wanted to keep that from them, over the Tanoi, they would just say, Dave for Line 6, Steve for Line 6, and there wasn't a Line 6, and everyone knew that was code for cover everything up because we've got people in the building that mustn't see what's going on. Now, that's what I was told, and I'm not sure what was told on your show earlier, but that's what they told me when I visited, and I thought that was such a cool, cool story. I have to go back. I'm trying to think who it was on the show that actually gave us. It might have been Eric Klein. Um, it, was one of the, it was one of the team. 
maybe even Frank. I, actually, I think it probably was Frank. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a feather then towards Frank's cap because I think Frank had mentioned how that. And I'm gonna have to go back and Frank can maybe even comment in the chat as well too. But it's there's some great folklore that surrounds it, which is really yeah, very and, cool. and maybe that was it. But that's why I was told, and it brought a huge smile to my face. I thought that's so cool. I had <laughs> pictures in my head of these people coming through the front door and everyone frantically throwing sheets over things <laughs> to disguise what was going on. So I, I hope that's the, the reason that yeah. I was told is right because it's just. It's awesome. If not, <laughs> if that's not the reason, that's continued folklore that we can contribute. It, in it, it, yeah, that's the one that needs to continue. That's it's, right. It's awesome. Great mystery. Just like on my other show with the EVH, <laughs> we're always talking about the folklore that surrounds Eddie Van Halen. Like, did he do this? Right. Or did he do this? And even Eddie doesn't even know anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw. I, I saw. This is not related to. Actually, it's related to the show, but not definitely on our itinerary today. But I saw someone posting in some of the on Chad's. Um, uh, Helix group on Facebook there is someone saying hey does uh, do you leave your uh, who here leaves their Helix on all the time like 24 hours whatever blah 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 and so Frank said Frank says there's something in the office that they've been on for three years wow. <laughs> three years so, so I think it's pretty safe. That's pretty good. <laughs> I know. And I feel bad sometimes. I mean, I know these things are so power efficient today. Like right now, I've got the power cabs behind me powered up. I've got the Helix powered up. and I'm not even using it. It's just when I turn on a power bar, it powers a lot of different things at one time. And it's easier just to leave that power bar on than to go around and turn off every device. You know, but uh, yes. they are so, so efficient. So global warming is your fault, not not anyone else's. I, it's, I, I probably have a little <laughs> bit to do with it. <laughs> I'll take a little bit of that credit or the blame, I guess. The blame is the right word. Uh, before we jump over to some more questions and jump back to the chat, a couple happy birthdays I'd like to wish today as well, too. Obviously, one of our own from the uh, Helix family, Paul Hindmarsh's birthday today. Uh, Paul was my first inaugural guest here on uh, on Helix Hour, episode one, and he'll be closing out the season in two weeks. Uh, I guess I would say, yeah, two weeks. Uh, he's the final guest of the season, um, following Trev Lukather next week. So happy birthday to you, Paul. Man, you're uh, Paul uh, Hindmarsh here, an that. amazing trooper when it comes to Helix. We learned a lot from you. And the guitarist, a guitarist extraordinaire, Joe Satriani, his birthday today as well, too. So yeah. happy birthday. Let's jump back into the chat for a quick second. We've got uh, Daryl McMillan is here. Jason today say, hey, Frank. Uh, Mike is saying, I got to try Mission Gemini. I haven't been able to obtain one yet, but it's on my uh, list. They're awesome. And we're going to talk about Gemini tonight, today, uh, especially with the demo that uh, Jason Sedites did recently as well, too. James Randall's here. Kurt Pear is here. Uh, let me see. Frank Corcoran is here, if I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, let me see here. Uh, NAM 2018 booth was top notch. I can imagine on that for sure. Let me see who else I have. DJ Asterisk is here. Randy Jones. Uh, continue down. Uh, Frank is a rock star from Randy Jones. I agree with that. He certainly is. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Mike. Okay, so we're caught up on the chat. We're good on that one. So I want to jump over to something that you told me just briefly, uh, like through a Facebook message, and we didn't elaborate on this, so I'm going to once again learn with our viewers. You mentioned to me that you produced artists back in the day, and that, that might only just be a few years ago. I don't know how long the day is, but tell us a little bit about that um, that whole process there. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, I, well, I could take up an hour just talking about this, but no, go ahead, not. Go ahead. Um, so... Uh, I left, I used to work for the banks, boring, right? Um, many, many, many years. And I decided that uh, midlife crisis, call it what you like, I need to do something different. And I basically set up a, a music publishing company and a record label. Uh, got invited to join the, the BPI's independent record label committee. The BPI's put on the Brits every year. Mm -hmm. um, I joined the Music Pub Association of Great Britain, did panels at South by Southwest, did all those kind of things. But my passion, 
um, when I realized as a small label and even small publisher, independent, didn't have the budget, you have to start doing everything yourself. So many years ago, 20 plus years ago, um, obviously started to learn from other producers and uh, how to, um, you know, production techniques and slowly but surely learned that and eventually started to record and produce um, people on our label, basically. Fantastic. So obviously a lot of experience doing, uh, like that's one thing I, I totally suck at. I cannot mix, I cannot master anything like that. I can record some tracks, but I, I hats off to all these people that not only know how to record, but can produce great music. Like most of the things, right? It, it's a learning process. And if you learn from the right people and you trial and you experiment, um, that's where the results come from. In fact, I think in the preamble to this show, I said I would try and share some um, suggested um, production kind of techniques and stuff to the guys out there that maybe maybe not tried these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this would be a good time to jump in. I don't want to spend again, the whole hour talking about no, no, production please do. techniques. Any little tidbits you can share with us, but, that'd be great. But, but yeah, so let's, for example, um, I'm a huge fan of something called parallel compression. Pre- compression can't say it but i can do it mm-hmm. um what that is so for anyone who does recording um of their helix or any any of their effects into some kind of a, a door or, or directly into the, the helix software mm-hmm. um you take uh you record your, your your guitar track this works brilliantly for for vocals any instrument pretty much but mm-hmm. we're talking guitars like today um and you record it dry you don't want any effects on there etc because you can add all those things after you don't want to compress it you don't do anything to it except tune it um and that's important and that become clear in a second why you, you want to do that so you, you you now have a guitar track um pretty much how you want it bearing in mind you can cut these things up later in software and do what you like with them tune but it's dry what you're now going to do is you're going to duplicate that track and all the big uh, production houses, major record labels do this, by the way. If you've ever seen one of their project files, it's 40, 50 <laughs> tracks, you know, because sure. they've done all this parallel compression. And you basically compress the heck out of this second track, you, you deliberately, because you want it as even as possible. And you basically then just bring that up underneath the, the master track, for want of a better description. And what that does is it means no matter what the main guitar is doing, it's going to cut through the mix. You're going to hear the guitar in terms of what's going on. But you don't have to over-compress the, the original track one, if you like, because now that can breathe a bit more and allow this track that you're bringing up underneath to be the thing that kind of keeps the consistency throughout the song. Um, the reason you want it tuned is the next thing you can do to it, if you really want to kind of thicken the sound, is you multiply it two more times. So now you have three copied tracks. Um, all three of them are compressed heavily, apart from the original. And on one of those tracks, you deliberately detune it. You make it flat by about five cents or thereabouts. All, all to do with ears and how you like it, right? Kind of a chorusing effect. Another one, you make it slightly sharp. Sorry? Would it be like kind of a chorusing effect a little bit? Because Eddie Van Halen does that a lot. Yeah, and what you're now doing is, um, because you're deliberately making one one a bit flat, one a bit sharp, and now you just play around with the different levels of those three compressed tracks, working in conjunction with the, the uncompressed, well, you're still going to put some compression on the main track, but you, you, you gently compress that so you're getting the, you know, the, the detail, the warmth, all those things that you, that you want to hear in the track coming through, but you're now using everything else under it and bringing the volumes up and down until it sounds right, that gives you that thicker, um, 
constant sound helps you cut through the mix. Um, and then you can afford to bring the main guitar down a bit in the track, but you're still going to hear it all because you've done this parallel compression. Gotcha. So let's leave it there. One, one tip at this moment, we'll see how we get on with the rest of the show and I'll bring in other stuff. You know, if, if we get more time to, the guys might want to try at home. Trust me, just experiment. It's, that's the fun with production, right? Experiment. And, and also do things like slightly pan that left and right just off center or just off of wherever you place the guitars in the mix. Again, just to give it that kind of unusual, thicker, uh, you say slightly coarse, but it depends how much you detune and, and what have you, the, the, the other tracks. Exactly. Now, I, just to inter- interject for a second, you, uh, we lost your video, like you're frozen there. You might want to, ch- can you maybe toggle your video off and then back on for a second? I've oh, got, I've second. got your audio perfectly, but your video froze. Right. Let me just, so I, you may have to turn the video, just uh, there's a little, there turn you go. It off. Yeah. And then maybe try to turn it back on, see if we got you back. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Awesome. That's awesome. Ah. Quick fix. Awesome. So thank you okay. for the tip on that. That's fantastic. Cool. Uh, Mike Francis says, son, uh, Christopher's birthday today, so happy birthday to your son as well, too. Uh, Kai Down is here a little bit late, but he made it, and we'd love to have you. Uh, Donnie Levette's here. Um, and Jason Sedites, obviously, he's a, he's a good um, uh, you know engineer and, and producer, and obviously new yeah. album coming out. He says, I love using parallel compression. Great tip, Paul. So thank you for sharing that. And a lot of people, actually, that, that was a great valid tip. People are really appreciating that. Uh, Kurt Paris says, I can't wait to try this, Paul. And great mixing tip from uh, Robert Apple as well. Uh, so coming up here in a little bit towards the end of the program too, we've got a really special giveaway, and we won't even uh, we won't even have you show it yet, Paul, because uh, we uh, I didn't even realize you had it with you, so that's awesome. But we're going to have a giveaway today, uh, special for the Helix Hour. Thank you to Mission Engineer for providing this, and we're going to have uh, we're going to have a guessing segment. For we're going to uh, you know guess a, a number, and we'll see who gets it right, the closest to it, without going over. And you're going to win something very very exclusive, uh, one of a kind. But I want to talk a little bit about what makes uh, Mission a little bit different than you know others out there manufacturing products. How do how do the how do you say or how, what would you say separates you from others? That's always a difficult question to answer. Mm-hmm. I would say, firstly, um, everyone in the, uh, without exception, everyone in the design and the build team are guitarists. Mm-hmm. So when we design something or we test something before it ships, and everything gets tested twice, by the way, before it ships, to make sure it works. Um, we're thinking like guitarists. We've all had those experiences, right, where, you know, you, you do research, you decide on a piece of gear, it turns up, you plug it in, it doesn't work, there's nothing more annoying and frustrating. So we do everything we can to build something that works out of the box and we hope works the way in the majority of people because you can't please all the people all the time, but the majority of guitarists will go, this is what this piece of gear should feel like or behave like or, or whatever the case might be. Mm-hmm. So we always start from that premise and we'll sit around the table as a team right the way from a junior just came on board through to people who have been with us for years and we will say, right, we're, we're looking to develop this. What kind of features are missing in it out there um, that frustrates you as guitarists? What, what should this thing do that other similar items don't do? Um, and we'll do some brainstorming and if it doesn't turn out to be a million dollar pedal, we'll kind of go, well, okay, right, let's try and build some of those, those features in. But within all of that, the most important thing for us is everything 
working cohesively. So, for example, in the case of the expression pedal, it sounds like a very simple, um, and, and actually if you took one apart, there's not a great deal going on in a, in a, in a basic expression pedal. Um, but it's little things like, if you think about it, an expression pedal needs to be a jack of all trades. We have no idea when we're building this pedal for people, whether they're going to be using it for wires, which obviously need a shorter uh, throw on it, or for volume, which ideally wants a longer, well, people are more used to a longer throw because of Ernie Ball really kind of being the kings of the, the volume pedal for so long with a sure. big throw on it. Um, reverbs and delays probably somewhere in between because you want to be able to control the amount of saturation so we we have to design uh, an expression pedal to try and cover all those potential uses Um, which is why we came up with um, the the way our actual chassis looks you'll notice or maybe people won't notice because it's quite subtle I'm looking at the one that I can't show people yet (laughs) Um, towards the heel position there's, there's just a slight amount of metal removed from the top part of the chassis towards the heel bit that allows it to, to go back slightly further and getting just that that angle right so it didn't go too far, in which case you can't use it for a while, but it needs to go enough that you can use it uh, for more like volume control and things like that. Just small details like that were important to make it feel right when you're controlling variable um, types of effects or volumes and and, and what have you. And then the next thing, um, and it sounds like uh, it's an obvious thing, but if you use off-the-shelf parts, it's not. Um, Inside all expression pedals and volume pedals, that matter, you have something called uh, a potentiometer. Right. And it basically, you know, a, a device that spins and span all the way all the way one way it's off whether it's a being used in a volume pedal or in this case we we, we use voltage mm-hmm. uh, and in the, and when it's all the way the other way it's sending its maximum volume or in the case of expression pedal maximum return voltage right but here's the thing we designed the the, the chassis to work with the internal components so you get exactly one rotation it doesn't under rotate because that means you wouldn't get to 100% reverb or 100% whatever you're controlling. Mm-hmm. It also doesn't over-rotate, because if it goes past what the connected device is expecting, it, it completely confuses it, and you then get things like dead spots in the sweep, um, weird, unpredictable sweeps, all kinds of issues with that. So we took, um, I'm looking at the panel, no one else can see just yet, which is why I'm looking off over here. Actually, we you know took go, all ahead kinds of... go ahead and show it. You, you, oh, you, okay. you go right ahead. Uh, we- so actually, I can probably, I don't know whether I can show it or not. So in here, I don't know whether people are seeing this, you've basically got the potentiometer, yep. um, and then you have this rack, which connects to a, a spindle with a rack on it, and as you move the, the, the tread up and down, it's basically turning the components inside this potentiometer. So that I'll bring it back in a minute and show it off in mm-hmm. its glory properly. But uh, So because it turns exactly one rotation, uh, and because it's linear and because the pot's designed, um, it's airtight and all these other things, it, it just feels right underfoot and you get predictable results. You know, a bit like using an Apple phone. You know, what makes these things so successful is they're just kind of almost like intuitive. That's kind of how our pedals, we hope, feel. Um, so I think that's what makes what we do differently. We, we think differently. The, the business was never meant to be a business. It was, a, it was one guy in a band helping out another member of a band that got things started. Um, then it was a collective decision to make the best we possibly could here in, in America. Everything is US made. Um, we then design as a team and, and think about things with, with our guitarists 
frustrations and hopes and aspirations. And then most important, nothing sees the light of day unless we are, as much as anyone can be certain, that it works the way it should. Um, and that's why we spend, I mean, the, the Geminis, which we'll be talking about later on, for example, took two years to, to develop with trying out all kinds of different things before we were as happy as we could be. And could we develop them further? Probably. But, you know, we'd never see the light of day if we just kept developing stuff. Um, so I think that's it. I think Mission, you know, we, we, we think like guitarists. We don't want people to be disappointed with the gear that we put out there. Um, and we try to build stuff that just feels right. Because when you're on stage performing, uh, whether you're a keyboard player, guitarist, vocalist, whatever, you don't need other frustrations or, or, or pressure on you to, when you've already got those pressure from performing. So the last thing you want is your gear to be adding anxiety because it's not quite, you know, I have, to, I have to remember not to go to toe down because that causes problems with my sweep. Or, uh, so we, we try to support guitarists as well when we're designing. It's not about, for us, uh, the profit, I wish it was, because that's true. We'd have made a profit by now, and we, we haven't. Yeah. Actually, no, we did make a profit one year. Um, that's, by the way, not as bad as it sounds. I've just thought, I hear myself say that we haven't made a profit. <laughs> so in eight, eight and a half, nine years, we haven't made a profit. That's true. But we've got to remember, we started with not this beautiful thing. Oh, I've frozen again. Look, for a yes. second. Yeah, see if you can talk as I was going to tell you. I didn't want to interrupt you, though. Yeah. I don't know why it's doing that. Oh, okay, there we go. Okay. So um, we didn't start with this beautiful pedal, which is actually, by the way, real chrome plating, which is why I'm trying very hard not to put my fingerprints all over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but we did start with just a single expression pedal. And we now have, I've lost track of the number of expression pedals. We have a wire pedal, a volume pedal. We've moved into uh, power supplies, the FRFR cabinets. So what we've been doing for all these years is just reinvesting everything we make back into new products, new things that will help grow the business, but also help guitarists and, and particularly performing uh, uh, artists and, uh, out there. Well, what I took away from that right from the get-go was the passion that you had. Obviously, something that um, you saw the need for, that the, people were needing the help. So you were there to help, first and foremost. And then, uh, like, the, the company grows, obviously. But Frank uh, from Line 6 actually says it 100% right. He says, Mission is a great company full of passion, um, first and foremost, uh, for guitar. We're very proud to be working with them. So the passion Excellent. actually is goes a very, very long way. And that's the difference between a lot of these offshore companies who just manufacture something for the numbers and they really don't care how the person's using it. Like, see, you you made a good point when you said we have to think like people are going to be using this for many different applications. Uh, am I using it for a wah? Am I using it for this? So you have to think of every single possible weird case scenario uh, <laughs> and, and integrate that into a product. So yeah. if you didn't care, you know, there'd be a lot of unhappy people out there, you know, hey, my, my travel on the pedals, like it's, it's messing up my helix, you know, it's not working and I don't hear those kind of things. So so it, thank you for that i mean so here's the here's the dichotomy of that so on the on the downside if you want to look at the downside we, we're not making much profit uh we're not making any right but in terms of what we can pay ourselves and stuff we obviously we do take a, a draw salary from it but on the upside it, it's actually what's kept us going as a company we don't have a budget for promotion or marketing or any of those things we just simply don't have it because we keep making losses only small ones but yeah. um 
so everything we've grown by so far has been thanks to, to all those amazing people out that have bought our gear and has said incredible things online about what we've made. So um, we didn't do that deliberately at the beginning, but we're so grateful we did take that ethos that James set from the beginning, which is let's build something that works and, and that people are going to want. That's what's done our marketing promotion for us for all these years. People getting our gear and going, hey, you know, love and care has been put into this thing and it works. Um, one day we might have marketing budget and maybe that will take us somewhere else. But at the moment, that's how we've grown. It's all been off the word of mouth and people getting behind and supporting us based on the strength and the quality of our products that we designed. Well, look at it this way, too, that with you being experienced with producing artists, a lot of times, many of us, we see these bands that come out all of a sudden, like their bands are number one on Billboard and they're number one on Spotify and all this. And, and people are like, oh, this new overnight band is fantastic. Like they're brand new. They just provided the woodwork. <laughs> Meanwhile, they've been playing for 15 years, right? Yeah, exactly. In the yeah. vans, broken down vans, you know, uh, wiring up the doors with guitar strings, uh, really, really working their butts off. And all of a sudden, now they finally get their break. That's the same thing in business as well, too. You're out there, you know, pounding the pavement, uh, pedal here for this guy, pedal here for this guy, speaker for this yeah. guy, and then eventually turning into a little bit more, a little bit more. And then all of a sudden, you know, when, you know, the day comes and you guys are going to be like everywhere, oh, mission, brand new company. No, we've been doing it. We've been in the streets, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, well explained. It's exactly that. I saw that obviously on the record library side of things all the time. Mm -hmm. People commenting, oh, have you heard this new band? No, they're not new. They've been around for, yeah, exactly. You, you have to put in the in the work in the time but i think the passion is what gets you through it right because everyone goes through good times bad times there are times when we've kind of gone are we doing the right thing here you know how come we've made another loss and um you know sales are only up x percent and but you know you have to believe in what you're doing you have to have the passion to keep telling yourself that you're 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 doing the right thing and eventually you know it comes right that's right. And if you don't like what you're doing, there's lots of other things out there that you can go find, uh, you know, employment yeah. with. You can either just get a paycheck and go work for somebody and just collect the paycheck, or you can actually, you know, take a, a moderate paycheck and it really, like people sometimes will quit their jobs and go work somewhere else making less money because it's such a reward to them, you know, for the peace of mind, less stress, that kind of thing. So exactly that. If I was doing this for the money, um, I wouldn't have worked the first 18 months over here in the U.S. for no money. Yeah, <laughs> Living on savings while we got the company going. Um, and I can tell you what I draw now is not a great deal. Um, but that's not what it's about, okay? I love what I do. I don't think, I, even though James is a very long-standing friend of mine, I don't think I could have said yes to him if I didn't think what he'd built back then was awesome and that really people needed to know about it. And it was that passion and belief, I guess, in in what he was trying to do um, that made me want to be part of it. And it's so easy, right? Anyone out there who's, um, you know, equally is in sales, you, you'll know this, right? You, you, it's, you, it's almost impossible to look someone in the eye and say to them, hey, you need this or you should want this if it's a pile of garbage. You just can't do it. Well, some people maybe can. I can't do it. And I think most human, decent human beings can't. So I'm blessed because, you know, the stuff that Darius and James and Janusz and that come up with, I've not once had to turn around and go, are you sure? You know, number one, because it is a collective discussion about, you know, what are we going to make this thing do? So we're pretty much all on side by the time we get to the design stage. Um, but mainly because I honestly am, you know, proud to be part of this. 
that that says it all right there. It totally says it all. I, you, you have to love what you do. And if you love what you do, no, no matter what it is, you have a passion. You know, some of these people, you know, they've had college. They're going through college to be a doctor or a lawyer. And they've, you know, I don't recommend this, but they quit school because they have a passion for something that they see light in and they follow it through. That's that's yeah. one thing I think we need to do is we uh, in life we need to follow through. And a lot of us, I'll use myself as an example. I need to follow through on more things I, I set my eye on. Never, ever, ever give up. If you have passion and and you get a couple comments from people, thank you so much for what you do. Then just keep focus on that. Put a picture up on your on your mirror when you're brushing your teeth in the morning, you know, and just focus on that and do it. I'll tell you a very brief story of a, a video I saw once that really um, changed my life, and it might have this effect for other people out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was set in, a, in, a, in an old people's retirement home in Arizona. So number one, these people look like they were 150 years old because of the sun damage. They probably were in their 80s or 70s or whatever, but they looked ancient. And they went round the room and they went, hey, uh, tell us a bit about your life. And there were teachers and nurses and all kinds of you know, jobs and vocations and housewives and house husbands or whatever. And they said, they asked this brilliant question. Well, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, they said, if you had your life all over again, what would you do differently? Mm, and they're question. asking this to people who have lived, you know, almost a full life. And I'm, I'm only like in my 20s at the time. So I'm like, wow, what's the answer to this? <laughs> Every single one of them, man and woman, different words, but the same message, take more chances. They all felt they played it safe. Right. And because of that, they didn't follow that passion. They didn't follow those dreams. They didn't put themselves out there. And now they're too old to. They can't go back and start the business. They can't go back and travel the world. They can't go back and learn to, to ride horses stood up on them or, or stunt bikes or, or whatever the hell they, they, they wanted to do but didn't do it. They wish they'd taken more chances. That was the message from the video. And that set me up right back then to go, yeah, I don't want to get, if I'm lucky enough to live that, that long, mm-hmm. and look back and go, what if? And if I'd only done this and how about – I'd rather – take the risk and the gamble and I'm not sure the word even fail because I don't think you ever fail at anything right you just learn through the process I'd rather do something reassess move on but at least say I tried than go well I don't know that sounds a bit risky I'll carry on working at the banks I mean trust me when I was at the banks I was earning a lot of money but I just went no this, this is not making me happy and I just walked away and I wouldn't be here in America now if I hadn't followed my my beliefs and hopes and dreams and that kind of stuff. Wow, we're getting a bit deep here, aren't we? That's okay. That's okay. No, obviously follow your passion. I did the same thing yeah. a while back about, uh, I'm thinking close to two years ago, I quit a secure job that had a paycheck every week uh, that was quite nice to have. And uh, I went into into business for myself. And, you know, like here again too, I'm not taking a huge profit, but I'm keeping the power on enough to be able to do a talk show, you know, and, and things like that. So I'm, I'm happy and it's my passion and I'm here with family. So, you know, making a little yeah. bit less money I was making before, um, considerably less. Quality of life. Exactly. A huge better quality of life. I, yeah, I 100%. Awesome. Over in, you. Yeah, over in the chat, I got to say hi to Chad Boston, a mutual friend of ours. Hey, Chad. Yeah, he gave a very nice uh, $10 super chat. says, I fully recommend Mission and Paul. The pedals are the best. And Gemini, too. Incredible video soon. That I, That's a perfect segue. So first of all, thank you, Chad, for tuning in. And that beautiful, uh, uh, well-appreciated super chat. Um, Gemini, that's a really cool name. Yeah. I want to ask you how that came about. Ha, huh. so... Um, 
if you've noticed everything to do with mission, because it's mission engineering, which mm -hmm. has got nothing to do with um, uh, space missions, but <laughs> early on, uh, James chose the name mission because in, in California in particular, there are real missions. Um, there are Mission Street, Mission Avenue, the missions everywhere. So when he chose the name, it's like, well, let's pick a name that, that's already stuck in people's psyche. It might help us at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. But then he started looking at more like mission control because most of the stuff we do, we try to advance, um, as I said, building features that people aren't doing. And then so everything we do is kind of space related. So we have like the Gemini IO, which is a small moon that um, orbits Saturn or one of the planets out there. Mm -hmm. Gemini obviously is kind of a space kind of term. Um, we, <laughs> we, we just have this thing with uh, trying to name our new products – to do with out-of-world, out space kind of related um, uh, terminology or names, which is where the Gemini came from. Right. But Gemini in particular, obviously, if you look at his, um, uh, what they call it, horoscopes and things, mm -hmm. you know, the twins, and, and very much the Gemini is like a, a, it, it's a, it's a two-halved beast insofar as whilst it, it is modern technology, um, class deamplification, all those things. It's trying to replicate old school technology. So there was kind of that Gemini thing going on with the product, mm -hmm. uh, which is where which is where the name came from. Oh, fantastic! There's a there's a couple of good comments over in the chat. Uh, Jay's tacos and guitarist says. Uh, he's been working on eliminating pedals. Sounds like I might need to make an exception and add one. And, and for sure, with Helix, you're going to want to consider adding uh, the possibility of a couple expression pedals. Uh, one could be dedicated strictly to you know delays and things like that. One could be de uh, d uh, dedicated to WAS. And if you have the, the floor unit, you can already have your existing one for another the, another purpose. Well, big shout out to Jason Stees, actually. He did that an awesome video um, which showed what you could control with just a single expression pedal, right, within the uh, the software that comes with the Helix. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do things like blend between different amps at the same time, affecting the amount of distortion that get added at the same time, backing off the reverb and bringing a delay, or you can get so creative with an expression pedal because what most people, actually, that's no, not fair to say most people, one of the most common um, misconceptions about expression pedals we get for calls that I take at, at Mission mm -hmm. are people think that the guitar signal goes through the expression pedal. And of course, it doesn't. Uh, all an expression pedal does is talks to a device, in this case we're talking Helix or HX, mm -hmm. and it tells it information. Uh, that device takes the information it's getting, by the way, of voltage, converts it to MIDI, 0 to 127, and then applies it to something like volume or, or reverb or whatever. And the Helix is such an amazing piece of kit. We love ours. We have the, the rack version. Mm -hmm. You know, basically it's a really powerful computer and everything else that you you know you hear that you can make it do anything. So um, with an expression pedal and using the, the software, you can set points where it changes within the sweep of the expression pedal. You can make it do so many cool things. And if you go back to the start of that conversation today, my, my music publishing and, and record label and the kind of people I would – looked to sign to my label were always the people that stood out that were doing something slightly different so we can all stand there and, and make a wild sound and we can use volume swells or add in relays and de delays and, but people that do things like blend and change the you know the the characteristics of the sound as it's moving through or or do these unusual creative things they're the, the things that tend to 
catch my ear. I can't speak for everybody. Right. And that's what the expression pedal allows you to do. Think outside the box. Do things that other people just aren't doing. Create your own sound that makes you stand out from the crowd. And that's what will get the social buzz going, right, and people on the internet going, hey, have you heard this guy's music? Because it's different. You know, people are always searching for different. Uh, obviously, the radios don't stations don't like playing different because they're worried about their sponsors and they they play it safe. Mm-hmm. But the people that are looking out there on the internet for for new new music, when they say new music, they're really saying something a bit fresh, a bit different. And you might not be the only artist they ever listen to because we all like an eclectic taste in music. Of course, but they're looking they're looking for you if you're different. If you're the same as everybody else, they may or may not find you. They can find. A hundred, a thousand, ten thousand people like you playing a similar kind of sounding music. Why do you want to be like everyone else? Be different. And that's where something like an expression pedal will help you because you can then get really creative, especially with something as powerful as the Helix. I agree. And I've watched some really good videos on YouTube. I can't necessarily say who they were at the time, but when I was waiting to get a Helix product, I was watching these videos how just blending in delays. You know, all of a sudden, like from nothing to like kind of, and actually even bending, uh, blending balances, you know, maybe sending a ping pong over to the left over here and a different one over to the right. There's just so many create, like that's why they call it expression because you're yeah. expressing yourself. You're, exp- you know, you're yeah. not just turning it on. There's, there's a difference between a, a light switch and an expression switch. I think, I think, you know, dimmable switches in your, in your house for your lighting should be called expression lighting because you're, it's, yeah. you know, right. Yeah. Well, they set the mood, right? Which is a similar thing. You know, you, yeah. you set the mood for lighting for a reason. And it's the same with expression. You, you, you're trying to create something. You're trying to connect people to to your playing or to the overall song or, or whatever you're doing. And that's what an expression pedal allows you to do. It allows you to, to make those mood changes that lights can do. I agree, I agree 100%. Uh, Kurt Perrin in the, ch- in the chat says, I shoot TV commercials and films and music videos using a red Gemini camera. So the, the name Gemini, you know, I've carried <laughs> over. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty nice. Uh, and Kai Down says, Jason's expression pedal video is the reason I'm interested in this giveaway. I didn't realize how badly I need one. And that's the thing, too. A lot of us that own the Helix Rack, we're limited, right? We're, we're like, okay, where's our pedal? Where's our pedal? I have both yeah. here. Or the uh, HX, even. HX, for a great example. Uh, and I own that yeah. one here as well, too. So uh, before, we're going to talk about the giveaway in a second. But let's play um, devil's advocate here that no one knows what we're talking about here for a second. And I'm new to this game, too. I'm still new to Helix. And I, and I always say this. Sure. So I like to be kind of the uh, the face of the people that don't know anything about Helix. So, okay, so let's say we're going to take um, Helix Floor, for example, or LT. It has an expression pedal, but now we want another one and possibly even another two, whatever, to uh, to do a particular purpose. So we get one from you, and then um, tell us exactly how we plug it in and make Helix recognize that device. Uh, well, on the Helix, it's really clever. It's, it's pre-programmed, especially the HX and the latest incarnation, where it automatically recognizes expression pedal and sets itself up, assuming certain parameters. But it's literally a, a regular TS cable output from the from the expression pedal, from, from this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. Um, you can see these are all blanked off because we use the same chassis for various different pedals we make, which is why it's the same chassis, but but different outputs are Very enabled smart. or Very not smart. enabled. So there's this one simple output from this where you put a regular TS cable, guitar cable, tip and tip and, uh, sorry, tip and sleeve, tip and sleeve yeah. um, directly into the expression input on the Helix, and you're pretty much ready to go on the latest incarnation. Some devices out there you have to do what's called calibration. You have to put the pedal in the heel position, tell it its heel, put it in the toe, tell it its toe, then it learns the the – 
the variance and it maps MIDI across that variance. But um, the Helix, I'm pretty certain I'm saying, Frank can probably chime in here on, with me. You plug it in and it pretty much just instantly calibrates and works. Um, so it couldn't be more simple. Now what you decide is, what do I want to assign my expression pedal to? Yeah. And that can either be done globally for things like volume control, but you're probably going to build, use the built-in one right on those devices that have the built-in for things like volume. Um, if it's wires and stuff, you, you might do that by individual patches, go in and, and assign the expression pedal. We have uh, videos on our web website that show how to configure the pedal if anyone needs some because um, i'm very visual when i learn yeah. um that will help people know how to set that kind of thing up um but it's, it's pretty you know the, the guys at line six did an amazing job of again a bit like the iphone right making the helix intuitive with that touch screen and it's it, it if I can do it, I think pretty much anyone can do it. So I think just, you know, um, buy one, plug it in, and just see for yourself how simple it is to, to connect. Um, but as I say, the guitar doesn't go through it. All it's doing is sending varying amounts of voltage back to the Helix, um, anywhere between zero, which is telling it to be off or to be zero send, through to 10K, which is maximum amount of um return voltage and it then knows that's maximum send or volume or, or saturation or whatever yeah to think of it like your your front of house guy okay basically hey turn me up you know that's all that's all changing you're not really changing anything in the sound the, the flow it's just it's strictly the volume yeah it's a bit like having a, a the knob on the on your on your amp or on on the device on the floor instead of having to get down there and, and tweak yeah, the, what's going on in the in the actual device you're doing it from the pedal instead yeah, I can see a lot of the guys right now getting the HXFX really, really enjoying this. Having wah control, having you know volume control, which we don't have right now on the pedal. Um, you know, it's it's a great, a fantastic unit. I love the HXFX, and I'm using that. And I have kind of three rigs here. So there's an A rig, B rig, C rig. HS, HXFX goes through one of my lunchbox amps back there through a 412, and I'm running it in four cable method. Love it to death, but I haven't had the chance to really explore wahs. I haven't had the chance right. to, you know, anything to to where I want to take that extra creative uh, niche to it because I don't have any expression pedals here. I strictly have the one that's on Helix floor. So this is going to be a great thing. I know a few, a few people, actually one of my good friends uh, from the EVH show, uh, Darren, he's got HX and uh, I think he'll love that. Uh, it's a great, great thing to have for that well, pedal. I can't let you have this one because it's a surprise, I, but I I'll, I'll, I'll get one sent you. That's awesome. Let's talk. Thank you, by the, by the way. Let's talk about this. So this is a very rare, one of a kind. So, I mean, this is not going to be manufactured again. We're going to talk about this now. And matter of fact, we're at the 345 mark. We're 15 minutes away from the Helix Hour. So this is probably a great time to do it. So in a moment, what we're going to do here is we're going to do a random number. And I'm not going to take credit for this. Chad did this really efficiently in his giveaway on his group for the 15,000 member and three uh, three-year anniversary of the group the other night. Um, so this worked really, really well. I always, I always get people saying, you should do this and you should do this for, for uh, giveaways. So we're going to use Chad's idea of a random number generator. We're going to have people guess a number in a moment between 1 and 300. And whoever gets the closest without going over, that's the important fact, that without going over, um, yeah, and you can only guess once. You're going to comment. Nocturnal Butterfly in the chat in a moment is going to say go, and uh, she's going to say stop. After she says stop, don't comment anymore. So I'm going to stop talking for a second. I'm going to let you tell us exactly what this is and what they're going to get. 
like just being the glamorous assistant, you know, you like doing these these gaming shows where they're kind of <laughs> showing off the product. Ooh. Um, <laughs> so it's not the one with the toe switch, clearly. Yeah. Um, so this is one that works with all Line 6 gear, even kind of the, uh, the older Line 6 gear. Um, we do one specifically for the Helix rack, by the way, that does have a toe switch because the Helix rack does have a switch input so you can turn things on and off directly from the pedal mm-hmm. so you're dancing about all over the place. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a regular uh, EP1L6 co-branded. Uh, very proud to have that um, working relationship with Line 6. We love those guys. Nice. And uh, the only difference is it's one of one um, because this bottom half is is genuine chrome plated. And I can tell you that's $35 worth of chrome plating on wow. that base alone. Um, and then we have crackle black, which probably the camera's not really picking up. So it's not gloss. It's a... Uh, anyway, crackle black top um, uh, part of the chassis. So yeah, this, we've made this specifically for the giveaway, and we will not be making it. Um, I was going to say ever again. So I, I, I never say never, but we have no plans to ever make this again. <laughs> Let's say that. I'd hate to say that, and then some point in the future, twenty years from now, someone's on here going, "Hey, you said you're never going to make this, and you did." Um, so <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, th- this is a one-off. So someone who who gets to own this, it, it, I, the camera's probably not doing it justice, and I've just made it all dirty with fingerprints. So I have to give it a good old clean. Um, it really does look the part and hopefully whoever gets it gets lots of years of enjoyment out of it i i love it i love the old chrome like the old uh clyde mccoy was and things like that it just it looks cool yeah. it really looks cool yeah. so here's what i'm going to say anyone can enter this contest now keep keep in mind people that are watching right now so this will only be during the live show here today keep in mind if you don't have a helix this really serves you no purpose so if you're thinking about getting a helix you don't have one yet awesome you have a helix any of the or hx effects or anything of that nature anything in the line six helix family awesome this is for you if you don't have one and you don't uh, have any intention of buying a helix well then you're probably watching the wrong show anyways but nonetheless you know it's it's definitely catered to someone who has that product or getting that product however that being said we are going to jump in right now okay and i'm going to say i'm going to open up the gates as soon as we get the the green light here it's going to be a guess a number between one and 300 we're going to jump over to that screen right now okay here we go i'm going to change this between 300 and nocturnal butterfly who is our definitely a major assistant in the in the chat she's going to tell you exactly when to stop commenting you can only comment once and then we're going to go through here and i'm going to look for some of my moderators and some assistants to tell me who got it all right so guess between one a number between one and 300 the closest to getting the number without going over will be the winner okay all right everyone start guessing now good luck everyone all right here we go so they're gonna the comments are probably gonna come in a moment we have about a 25 second delay okay here they come all right and that number you see on the screen don't ignore that five that's just for the first thing that shows up when i refresh the page all right <laughs> there we go they're coming through now all right. All right. Can I'm we watching. talk maybe about the uh, the Gemini Empower technology? I know we're pre-show. We said we get onto that. I'm just looking at the times, almost running out. We will so. for sure. Yeah, let's do let's do this. We're gonna just let this run for a minute, okay? And sure. then after this, we'll pick the winner. Then we'll jump. We'll conclude the broadcast with the Empower because I have a note about that with Jason doing that great demo as well too. Yeah. Okay. Here I think comes. we could do that while they were picking numbers, but you're right. Let's yeah, get it'll go by so right. fast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of exciting to see it happening in real time as well. That's right, exactly. 
Okay, we're just a few seconds away. I'm giving the commands away to Nocturnal Butterfly here. She's going to mention stop. Okay, now there is a, a bit of a delay. So everyone's going, uh, Nocturnal Butterfly is going to say stop. All right, and there'll be no more comments after this. Okay, there we go. She's got the stop commands. We got a, a good participation. So there's there's probably, it looks like a dozen and a half, maybe two dozen people. Okay, well, Johnny Lee, we will let, we'll let that last one come through. Okay, that could have been a time thing. That's the last one. No one, no one else after Johnny. Okay, uh, is that cool with you, Nocturnal Butterfly? Because there is a bit of delay, but no one after Johnny. Okay, all right. So I'm going to hit generate, okay? This is, and bear with me. I'm just the, the guy who clicks the button. All right, here it goes. All right, so no more further comments. Thank you for everyone for participating. Here we go. All right, 70 is the answer. So, number 70, who's got the closest there? Uh, without going over, that's the important part. Ooh, Jason Jessica was just over by two. So, I'm going to, sometimes I'm good at this. Oh, I'm looking at Brent Bowen at 69. I don't think there's wow. going to, and unless someone's got a 70, I think he's got it. Who do we have there? I'm going to, I'm going to digress to, oh, sorry, sorry, Mark Taylor. No, I, I can't add you after, after Johnny there. I'm very, very sorry. Uh, but your, your number was quite high anyways, but good, thank you for trying. That was awesome. So I'm going to wait for the official, I'm going to let Nocturnal Butterfly, uh, say who made it. And I think that was, we said the 69 Brent Bowen. Okay. I'll wait for the official announcement. I trust her. Um, Kurt Perry, congrats, number 70. Who got number 70? Someone get it? Okay, so she says Brent. Is that correct? Are we okay with that? Brent Bowen won it? All right, so there we go. If that's the case, Brent Bowen, congratulations. <laughs> awesome. All right, so Brent do, me Brent, do me a favor. Contact me through, there's several ways to contact me. Uh, contact me through uh, the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash the Helix Hour, or you can find me at the facebook.com slash TV. However you want to get a hold of me, you know how to get a hold of me. Uh, and I will send your details to Paul. Paul will ship that right out to you as well, too. So congrats. That's awesome. I, I And it, it's a lot of pressure doing these contests. I, do, <laughs> I love to do them, and I hate to do them because, you know, you can only get one happy person. But you know what? It's it's uh, it's it's fun here. We're going to we're gonna share some love for sure. But as we wrap out the last few minutes of, uh, yes, yeah, so, so um, uh, let me see here. Yeah. As we wrap up the last few minutes of the show here, let's talk about Empower. Jason was talking about that in his video. So tell us what that's about. Yeah, yeah and that's the only reason I wanted to cover it. There's been quite a few questions uh, I've seen on the forums and stuff about it and we talked a bit about it before the show and uh, so I thought it was worth spending a minute or two just explaining it um, so where do I begin with it so so when coming back to what I said right at the start of the show we, we try to think like guitarists and uh, we try to get into the heads of people using the gear um, with things like the, the helix and other modelers most people spend a great deal of time listening to people like Jason or working on other people's patches to get their tone sounding just the way they want it. But that's fine in the studio or home environment where it's quiet and there's no bodies soaking up tone or it's not weird reflections going on and, and what have you. But the moment they take that gear out live, depending on the size of the, vo uh, the venue, the number of people in it, it all affects your tone. So we decided when we were designing the Gemini in that two-year period that that's something that had to be taken into account. How can we help people not have to menu dive in real time and destroy all the work they spent getting their tone sounding right and the panic of getting it sounding right in the venue with all the other pressures already got? So we came up with the Empower technology. And this is... Um, for me, the thing that, that is the most important feature of the Gemini, really, uh, to help particularly modelers. With a single knob, um, 
you can go from regular kind of more stunted cab frequencies all the way through to full range flat response. The point being, you don't go one or the other, you tune it a bit like you mentioned the um, the dimmer switch earlier on. In fact, yeah. Jason referred to this a bit like a dimmer switch, well, with expression pedal being like a dimmer switch. This is very much like a dimmer switch. You can find um, exactly the tone you want in any environment. So you take it somewhere and what you dialed in doesn't sound quite right. With one knob, you can actually adjust it to make it sound right without touching your presets. Uh, a guy called, um, I'll get, get this right now, um, ah, Brian was his first name, Premier Guitar anyway was the, uh, the review, says he's the review, in less than eight seconds, he could, he said seriously eight seconds or less, I could dial in the exact tone I needed for any environment without touching my, he, he was using a Kemper, um, and so he could then go back to the studio, put his Kemper back in place, and mm -hmm. he's not, not changed a single thing. So what this thing does, um, it does affect EQ, but it does it in a very clever way. It's, it's not as simple as just taking off the high-end frequencies. As it goes from full range flat response one end to cab the other, it actually reduces the amount of the high-end frequencies, but actually starts to sculpt and, and become more, more of a, a boost to the mids, where you'd traditionally hear a, a regular guitar cab sound. And it's the way it transitions over that full-range flat response all the way back to cab was the clever bit. And it's all analog, and that's an important point. So this isn't the signal coming in from your modeler being converted analog to digital, then the digital doing some kind of clever algorithms and software, um, because the problem with that is every time you do an AD to DA conversion, you're, you're, you're losing sound quality because yeah. it's being cut up into digital slices and put back together again, and then it has to be turned back from digital back into analog before you finally hear it out of the drivers, right? So... The Gemini, the moment the signal goes in, it's analog from there on out. So when you turn this knob, it behaves like a regular analog, like a, a regular guitar cab in terms of how you drive it, how you affect it, what frequencies are put through it. It responds in real time, just like a, a regular analog, um, you know, driver, set of drivers in a, in, a, in a tube amp. So you can hear absolutely what you're doing to your tone as you turn that one knob and sometimes for example i think jason makes a good point in one of his videos you know you might want that extra brightness we deliberately went much further with our full range spectrum than we needed to mm -hmm. because there are times where like with electric acoustic guitars should i say things that need that bit more detail and brightness you might want it frfr yeah. we almost never put it fu fully flat because it sounds too bright too, mm -hmm. too cd sort of kind of sound too sure. produced we normally back it off to around about the 80 percent mark we find most patches sound pretty good around about 80 percent but when we're going something like an acoustic or whatever we just we just crank it up until it sounds right equally if something is just you know we want it to it's just a particularly bright patch you can dial it back and back and back until it sounds right again we went far further than we needed to in terms of um the lower end frequencies because there are times where you're going to want to tame a bright patch um, and although most patches would sound dull and lifeless if you set it all the way at the cab position we call it cab because sure. um, we're, ju we're just trying to say if you move in this direction it sounds more like a cab and the top end frequencies come off the mids get boosted the bottom starts to reduce bottom end frequencies and if you go this way you're, you're going more and more towards full range flat response 
but where it sounds good to you is is based on these, right? And we're, we're all different. We all have our own opinion of what sounds good. We, we at the end of the day, want to produce a tone that's going to represent us. And that's why we work so hard with our patches to, to make them sound good to our ears, because we want to say, hey, this is this represents me. This is this is what I think good tone sounds like. And that's what the Empower knob allows you to do. It's a simple knob, analog, start to finish, that allows you to sculpt the tone to allow for the, the variations that will be affected by different venues, even the number of people in the room. More people mean they absorb more frequencies. More frequencies absorbed completely changes the you know the color of your sound, basically. I love that. His Jason's video was fantastic, the way he did that as well, too. And I have a device here I use for my DSLR camera. It's like a field recorder where I can run multiple audio sources in. And unfortunately, to, to sacrifice cost and things like that, you know, even though it's like a four-track input to go to my DSLR, I, I don't know the engineering term, but I think like the volume levels uh, in the built-in mixer are stepping. So like you could turn a knob and it might not be nothing. I'll say, oh, there's a boost. Turn a little, quite a bit more, quite a bit more. And also there's a boost. But with the M-Power being analog, it's, you know, where they're ever in that, that frequency spectrum it's it's every single little notch you move like not even notch it's, it's physically responding so i love that yeah and it's it's actually responding to the the real guitar input in real time the drivers just responding like natural drivers would mm -hmm. to, to to what they're being sent that's so great. that's why we felt that was the most realistic way of of getting that it keeps being said a lot amp in the room but yeah i think we all know what me, people mean by amp in the room they want it to sound like you know like the real tube amp and not like something that's being recorded yes they want which that in effect what a, you know a modeler is that's right they want that kind of thump in the back of the leg or the butt you yeah. know of a speaker yeah exactly as yeah. We, we're right on the helix hour before we go yeah. there's a kind of a unique uh question here from robert apple says uh paul are you from southern england just detecting the accent <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I'm from a place called Watford, uh, which is uh, Elton John, you know, the performer Elton John. He was the chairman of the football club, soccer club, should I say, depending on where you're from in the world. Um, just inside the uh, the M25 North London. Uh, but yeah, that's where I originally was, was from. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you for the question, Robert. Uh, Jay Sockers Guitar says, thank you, Eric, for all you do. No problem. Great show, guys, from Camp 56 and Chad uh, Boston says, hit the thumbs up on this video. I want to thank you so very much, Paul, for joining in for the Helix Hour today, hey, episode 14. It's been a fun season. I got to meet some, you know, the coolest thing about this is I got to meet great people like yourself, everyone watching in the chat. I've made so many friends, and uh, so I'm so blessed for, for the Helix, for Line 6, uh, meeting people like you and everyone, as mentioned. It's just, it's a wonderful thing. And the cool thing is we get to play some guitar and enjoy it, you know, <laughs> but that's the icing on the cake. But uh, yeah. I want to encourage everyone to tune in again uh, next Sunday. Same time, we're Definitely. running the last two shows out. Trev Lukather is here, just coming back from a very, very successful tour. Uh, we're going to talk some Helix with him as well, too. And uh, we're rounding out to Season 1 with the following week with Paul Heinmarsh. It's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And Paul, I'm going to say goodbye to you off the air. And I definitely want to extend the invitation to have you come back on season two. We'll talk about anything that's new coming up towards the third and fourth quarter of the year. And, yeah, uh, we have some cool stuff coming up. Good. Please give us some some uh, some tips on that as we get closer and when you can share. And I'll be very happy to have you back. Cool. Awesome. Thank everyone, you. Everyone enjoy the rest of your Sunday, wherever you are. Be safe out there. Try to avoid the heat if at all possible. Stay hydrated and all that good stuff. And uh, we will see you next time right here on the Helix Hour, thehelixhour.com. Be sure to give us a subscription here if you haven't uh, yet done so. And I promise to work very hard to keep you as a subscriber. More, Very hard, I promise. And uh, check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash thehelixhour. And if you want to, if you're a Van Halen lover, facebook.com slash TV. Until next time. Cheers. Thank you so much. Congratulations again on that win and that, that pedal. Yeah.
All right, there she is. All right, take care, everybody. Cheers. Hey, EVH Care TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book. There are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at evhgeardiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.